listening to Amor in the Digital Age, Chismas and Analysis from the Dating Frontlines with your hosts, Bonnie and Sarah Ines. I got a blue lip the first time I made out with Avi. I thought the light sting I felt was actually owed to the spicy Indian food we'd just eaten. It didn't hurt kissing him, and I was kind of enjoying it. It was our second date, and I had just gotten back from Indonesia two weeks earlier. My heart was wide open from so much kindness and warmth I had experienced in Indonesia. I'd say Avi is a suavecito kind of guy. He invites me over for dinner. He had told me on our first date that he liked to cook, so I thought he was going to cook for me. But it turned out Uber really cooked for me. Then afterwards, we have wine, and he gave me a really nice foot massage. And all sorts of compliments about my soft skin and how it must be due to my vegetarian diet, yada yada, really working me up. Yeah, he is smooth, but in a non-player way. He certainly doesn't look like a player. I found him interesting. So he has this impressive tech background. He claims to have worked on the Obamacare website after it crashed from so much traffic. He's a vegetarian and he cooks, which of course is something I love. He has this really calm and unhurried way about him, probably because he meditates daily. He really put me at ease. And he's a self-described quantum healer, which is someone who can heal using energy work. And according to him, he was able to do this over distances without him actually needing to be close to the one being healed. Our first date happened before my trip to Indonesia. I'm sitting on his couch and he gets a call, which he answers. It's a woman. I can tell from the voice. They're having a conversation in Hindi about who knows what, and it's going on for what, three, four minutes? I don't really remember how long, but I was like, okay, this guy's Indian, and uh, maybe he doesn't realize that this is really rude behavior here in the States. He hangs up, apologizes, and says he has to take the call from his friend. So we proceeded with our date, and I went home later. The next day, as I was getting ready for a job interview, I saw my blue lip. I'd never seen anything like that before. Half of my upper lip was completely blue, like I had put on deep indigo blue lipstick. It was nearly black, but it wasn't swollen and it didn't look bruised. I took a picture and sent it to my friends. They were wondering what the fuck. I sent the picture to him. He apologized and said, offered to not see each other again. But I told him, just don't do it again, okay? I went to my job interview with that blue lip. I think I was mostly successful in covering it up. I mean, I did get a second interview after that. Avi and I spent a lot of time together during the next two weeks. We went to the movies. We ate home-cooked vegetarian meals together and did nerdy stuff like go to the library and check out books. I liked him a lot. It was unexpected for me as he's really not my type. The last time I saw him was at the park on a beautiful sunny September Sunday. I had picked up my bike from the shop and met him and my friends at Barton Springs. After a while, my friends left 
and he was going to put my bike in his SUV and drive us back to my place. Then he gets a call from that woman again. I recognized her voice. And this time, they were on the phone a lot longer. And again, they're speaking in Hindi, and I have no idea what they're saying. But this time, we'd been together for two weeks, and I wasn't going to take it. So I told him and motioned to him. Hello? I'm here. Who's that? Is that your wife? He winds down the call and hangs up. It's his ex-girlfriend, he tells me. She's having problems with her current husband, and she needed to talk. I call BS, and he says it's the truth. He tells me he's going to drive me home like we agreed, and then he's going to go back to his house and change his clothes and finish his call. What? I'm furious and tell him not to bother. I'm going to ride my bike back home. And I did, and I left him there. I had so much anger pedaling back on my bike. I was beyond furious and hot from anger. And that's when a car ran into me. Fortunately, he ran into me after stopping, so he wasn't going very fast, and the incident resulted in my front bike tire getting jammed in the crook of his front left tire. As I sat with an ice pack on my thigh and waiting for the police to arrive, I get a text from Abby. It said, I know you're upset. It's a difficult situation. I texted him back, and I said, you lied to me, you don't respect me, and I don't want to see you anymore. I don't need your black energy. That's when I realized I had received a huge sign from the universe. The blue lip was the first. The accident was the second. That was enough to end my affair with that brujo. I'm so sorry to hear that, but what my favorite part of that story is the part where you stood up for yourself and you were like, nobody gets to treat me like this. Not even you, brujo, with your black energy. I know, I know. Oh, man, I did tell him. Um, but you know what? This is a really good segue so we can talk about these beliefs that we had. You know, I've told this story to a few of my friends and and uh, family, and uh, they think it's kind of weird that I see this as a sign uh, from the universe. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about stuff like this? Yeah, you know, I don't think that it's weird. It's because I think part of it is I grew up with that kind of stuff going on in my family. I grew up with when somebody gets really sick, you get a raw egg, you get a huevo, and you rub it on them, and you say prayers to take out ojo. What? They did that to you too? (laughs) Okay. And if you're sick, it's not because you caught a virus. It's because alguien te echó ojo. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Um, So... These are the kinds of things that happened to me growing up. I remember my brother being really sick and they had a glass, my tias, they made a glass with water and eggs and like broken toothpicks in there. And they like would rub, and my abuelita would rub eggs on me if I had ojo. She also bought me a statue of San Antonio like 10 years ago. And uh, the biggest, I drove with her to Pies Negras and Covila to this botanica that she liked. And she told the lady 
to get me the biggest statue that she could afford. And she of gave San me, Antonio? Of San Antonio. And then she gave me $5 and she told me to put it under his feet to bribe him to find me a man. Did it work? I mean, I found several men <laughs> since then, but none oh, of them have stuck around. That shit works. <laughs> hey, man, San Antonio cumplió. Cumplió en San Antonio. <laughs> okay. And then, you know, limpias, veladoras, curanderas, uh, curanderos. I have friends from various types of Latino cultures who have experienced with this. Recently here in Austin, I thought uh, for shits and giggles, I would go to get my aura cleansed by a curandero here in town and para bloqueos de amor and he said that he that I had to go back I got my first limpia and then he said I had to go back for three more limpias except me and my friend both went and we we felt something when he was rubbing us down he told us to get into our bra and panties what? and then we conferred and we realized it was his um erection <laughs> I'll do and it. then in subsequent trips he was like saying that I was very beautiful that I looked better you know, disrobed than I did in my clothes. So that was kind of awful because misogyny. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely do not go to a curandera who um, has an erection and tells you to come back. That's weird. Yeah. And so anyway, all that being said, I, I think it wasn't until I got to college when I was around a lot of white people for the first time in my life where I realized that this wasn't normal for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I can see. Um, I mean, I don't talk about this shit with everyone. Yeah. 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 And so I think part of part of what was hard about realizing that was as a Latina, as a Mexican-American woman specifically, and I can't speak for other women of color, but I'm assuming that so much of my upbringing was about keeping everything inside and doing things for other people, even if it made you uncomfortable or even if you didn't want to do those things, that once you get into the real world, it's hard to like reprogram your brain to be like, like, I shouldn't have to do this if I don't want to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, so you bring up a lot of really good points. Um, and I had some of those same thoughts as well. Is this normal? Is it? Is this not? Do I need to reprogram my way, my my brain, uh, to conform to normal society? So I thought about reaching out to this really cool professional Latina counselor. Her name is Tina Sustaita. Um, she has a master's in counseling and has been practicing since 1996. I wanted to speak to her about that subject um, because of her background and because she's also a, this awesome Latina from the border. Let's check out what she had to say about this topic. Tina, thank you so much for um, being here and answering some of our questions uh, about superstitions and signs and beliefs that we might have, um, you know, that comes from our background, from our cultural background, from our parents, from our traditions, and how we apply these to our dating life. All this stuff really seemed normal growing up, um, and it wasn't until, like, uh, we met white people that we realized it was weird. <laughs> what are your beliefs and thoughts? Like, where do these beliefs and thoughts originate from? And um, are we a little crazy thinking and practicing some of these things? So that's a tricky question. <laughs> and if I say we're crazy, and that includes me. <laughs> so I grew up in, in Brownsville, you know, which borders with Mexico, with Matamoros. And, um, you know, both my parents are from Mexico. I'm first generation, you know, in the U.S., getting a full education. 
Um, so was brought up very much, you know, except in my growing up years, we were the majority, you know, even though we were in the U S we were on a border town. And so we were the majority. If you didn't speak Spanish, um, then, you know, you were, and you didn't come from a Mexican background or abuelita, you know, making you tamales during Christmas. And that was sort of weird. Right. And so where I grew up, you know, I never felt out of place, you know, because I grew up in a city where it was very much the norm. So then I went away to college and yeah, and then that's when I realized that there were things that, you know, I did things a little bit differently. And then later when I became a therapist and looking back and, and really in thinking about this program, because really I hadn't really overthought it that much other than when clients come in and they want to discuss things along this line. You know, your question was, is this weird? You know, is there something pathological about it? I think it's a fine line. You know, I think that for some, you know, based on our culture, based on our background, based on how we were brought up with rituals, beliefs, superstitions, part of that can be okay because it also brings community together. It, it you know, it, um, it helps us form a community, forms, it, it brings families together. It brings, I was reading something that in Harvard University, you can go rub, you know, St. Harvard or something, their foot, and that's so you can make good grades. Or I, I read something along those lines. Well, you know, so all the students do that. You know, mm-hmm. there's many things like that on, on campuses. Well, that brings students together, you know, with, with the goal of doing well in school. Or like you just said, you know, your co-host whose grandmother has the saint, and, you know, that that's a connection that she makes with her grandmother because her grandmother does this for her. And that's the way her grandmother shows love and concern or you know, whatever it may be. So it brings us as a culture or as people together. And that's okay. That doesn't make it pathological. In my opinion, that doesn't make it weird. That's just being humans, okay. right? There are many things that we do. Now, the fine line is when it goes into the area of we can't function because of the anxiety that it creates that, in my opinion, that's when we get into that territory of, okay, is this more coming from a place of anxiety and wanting to control our external world, which you and I both know that there's a lot of things that we can't control. I mean, that's just a basic part of life. Or is it more about, this is something that makes me feel good and it helps me stay focused and helps me still do my part as a human, but also accept that the reality of things is that sometimes you can't have everything exactly the way that you want it. Mm. You know, it's based sometimes on performance or just it's based on external factors that are out of our control. So that's the fine line. You know, is this coming from a place of anxiety and it's getting in the way of daily life functioning to where we go into this thought process of just it's it's irrational thinking or is it coming from a place of this is one more thing I'm going to do that it's going to help me sort of give me that push that I need and give me a little more sense of security, yet I also am rational about it, that I have to do my part, and I know that things may not always turn out the way that I want them to be. That's sort of the way that I'm looking at it, that there is a fine line. I mean, yeah, that's another way of thinking about um, some of these rituals, um, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, that's another way of, of thinking about them, right? Of mm-hmm. experiencing them, yeah. Thank you. I, it, it makes sense. As we've worked on some of the, you know, been thinking about some of our dating experiences. And um, it's been a lot because of online dating, it it makes it easier to do this. And so we try to um, 
attach ourselves or do things or do certain things that that make us feel better after a particularly Mm -hmm. bad experience you know there's always good experiences but there's also bad experiences in dating and stuff like that and so that's where some of these um you know like I might go and cleanse myself with sage Mm -hmm. and my home and then I actually feel better after that Mm -hmm. believe it or not it helps me maybe it's just a a psychological thing what they call Mm -hmm. the placebo effect but that's what I do that helps me um whenever I feel like I've got really bad energy or vibes you know call it superstition or something but it helps me so is that kind of intuition placebo effect and if there's people that you know there if there's other women out there that didn't have like such great experiences what else could we do that is non-superstitious or non-signs? To feel know? better? To feel better, yeah, because we've all had bad experiences. Right. No, experiences. And, and so just speaking to the first part of what you just said, as far as, you know, is it bad or is it weird or does it really help? Well, I mean, I think you answered that question, which is if it makes you feel better, whether it's a placebo effect, whether it truly is cleansing, you know, your space, you know, whether it's part of a ritual or whatever it may be, if it's doing something positive for you, you're really not hurting anybody. It's just part of the way that you do things. It could be part of a ritual for you. Then more power to you, in my opinion. I mean, don't we all have little things that we do to sort of organize our thought process? You know, when we get ready as a student, for instance, of getting ready to take a test, you know, maybe we have a certain pencil, a certain shirt that we wear, you know, whatever that may look like, or a certain breakfast, you know, for energy. I mean, that's just all part of helping us feel like we have a sense of control so that we can function, so that we can be the best version of ourselves. In my mind, to get in that headspace, it's nothing bad to that. There's there's no reason to psychoanalyze it. If it works for you, it works for you. I don't I don't know that it would work for everybody, but for some people, especially if you were brought up in a culture or in a family where there were rituals, where there were these superstitious beliefs, where there were, was a way of organizing how you went into life, whether it was for work or relationships or whatever it may be. So I don't see anything wrong with that. Again, as long as it's not creating this false sense of security, that if I don't wear that red shirt and then I take a test or I go out on a date and I don't wear my special date shirt and then it's a flop, it's because I didn't wear that shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is a false sense of security and it's irrational thinking mm-hmm. because the shirt has nothing to do with our performance in a date or the shirt has nothing to do with the other person. You know, that's something we can't control, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, that's a good one. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of times we go in with this irrational thinking now If doing things in a certain way to set up for that date with, you know, a blind date makes us feel a little more in control and makes us feel good about ourselves and, you know, like putting makeup on or listening to your date song before you go out, whatever it may be, or saying a certain prayer or lighting a certain candle, and that gives you a sense of just feeling better about who you are, that's okay. To me, that's not false sense of security. That's just part of what you do to sort of get ready. Yeah, and I like how you tie it in with um, other parts that you do to get ready for this date in this example, right? Putting on makeup and listening to your favorite song. That's a good way to think about it, too, if we don't want to feel too weird. But but now, I mean, I like the way that you placed it. I mean, it's one of the many rituals that I do, makeup and, you know, doing my hair and everything, um, to get ready for something that I'm excited about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's when we go into the area of 
oh my goodness, it did not go well because, or this is a sign, you said this earlier, you know, maybe it went really well, but then the next morning, you know, you woke up with a blue lip. Was that a sign from the universe or from God or from spirit saying, oh, no, 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 he may have been great, but you got a blue lip, right? Again, that's one of those things, you know, that is very gray. I mean, I think that's where we have to really trust our intuition and maybe not look at it as a sign, perhaps, especially if the date really did go well. Mm -hmm. You know, you just happened to get a blue lip, but the date was amazing. Well, maybe you just happened to bite you too hard or something (laughs) on that kiss. You know, who knows? Now, the date really wasn't that good. And there just wasn't chemistry and the person was a little bit odd for your taste. Well, then maybe this is just what you sort of needed and you can look at it as a sign. I mean, I think that's perfectly fine to do that. I mean, I don't think it needs to be over, you don't have to overthink it and then judge yourself for it because that's what happens. We start judging ourselves in the process of going, oh my gosh, you know, am I crazy for thinking that this is a sign? There's something wrong with me. This is the way that I was brought up. Maybe I'm the reason I can't find that right guy you know, because of all my crazy thinking. And I don't believe in that. I think that why judge it? Just accept it. And if it works for you, great. As long as it doesn't go into the territory of creating even more anxiety and irrational thinking. Gotcha. You mentioned trust your intuition, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were um, explaining that um, in terms of signs. How can we develop our intuition? I mean, uh, I, I've been trying to, and, and we always tell our girlfriends that, you know, what does your gut tell you about mm-hmm. this person, um, which is intuition, really, what we're right. talking about. Um, I'm glad to, that you mentioned that, trust your intuition, uh, which is separate from being rational and analytical mm-hmm. about approaching right. something. So... Um, how can we develop good intuition? Are we born with it? Is well, it something gonna, that we can improve on? So I'm going to answer that question second. I'm going to start by saying that, and I'm generalizing, and so for... I know we put you in a hard I'm going to majorly generalize that what studies have shown is that women have a stronger external locus of control. Men have a stronger, in general, men yes. have a stronger internal locus of control. What that means is that men in general come into this world believing that they are in charge of their fate. You know, they do have this sense of security that, you know, in general, they can do whatever they want to do, however they want to do. I mean, they can make their reality come true as women. A lot of women feel, again, I'm generalizing, that they have to work a lot harder to achieve what they're wanting to achieve. Now, that being said, Your original question was, how do we develop this sense of, you know, our intuition and being able to, well, you know, we have to really convince ourselves. We have to really work on, on just our self-concept of ourselves and really love ourselves as women, in my opinion. So it's having confidence? Are you talking about? Having confidence, having a strong self-esteem, feeling good about what we're doing, um, that's something that has to be worked on. I mean, that's something we have to put energy into because the better, the more we feel better about ourselves, I think the more likely we are to listen to whatever it is our body is telling us. I mean, there's, I do believe that there is a physical reaction that you can walk into a room and if something doesn't feel right, if you are in tune with your body, if you are in tune and you trust yourself, you can walk in and say, Ooh, this does not feel right. And yeah, I felt knows? it. <laughs> yeah. No, or you can walk in and no one is talking, but you know, they've been talking about you. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, in my mind, that's someone that has really worked on believing on, in who they are, whatever that may be. It could be that you're a homemaker. It could be that you are a student. It could be that you work at the grocery store. It doesn't matter. It's just really loving yourself. I mean, I'm sounding a little bit cheesy, but truly yeah. just loving who you are and accepting who you are and not over-identifying with your past history, not over-identifying with anything that's external and yeah. your role in life, but instead just really loving who you are and really trusting who you are, uh-huh. that this is just who you came into the world to be. You know what I'm saying? And then in that moment, I think you will be much more aware of something that doesn't feel right. And and that's when your intuition, you it's feel kicking it's, in. it's kicking in. Yeah. I love that explanation. Wow. I love that way of looking at it. So how can we improve our uh, confidence and our self-esteem without spending time? Are there other ways of doing yeah, that without I spending mean, tons of money on therapy? No, because because we're all born with with certain, you know, right, right. experiences. We all have certain experiences that, that, um, that we have right. along the way of living our lives. Right. I mean, I think you need to look at all the important areas of our life and just what makes us an individual. So looking at ourselves emotionally, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, the physical one, you know, that's just, you know, am I putting things into my body that are the best that they can be for my body, Mm. right? Long term. Yeah. Because sometimes we put things in our body for the short term to have some enlightenment or some awareness or to take the edge off. But in the long term, am I putting things, you know, on a regular basis into my body that is good for my body? You know, am I exercising? Am I going outside enough? Am I sleeping? So just the basic, basic, Take basic care taking care of yourself. Your, that seems like a good one. Yeah. Like a, like an, it's not simple, but it's definitely not rocket science. You it's know, basic. put nutritious stuff in our bodies right. long term, which is a good diet, sleep well. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And you mentioned mental. Mental and, mental and emotional. I can combine that, you know, okay. together. All it really means is to have clarity, to be mindful. It, you can do simple things. You can journal daily putting it down on paper, something does happen. There is this connection between the brain and then getting it down on paper that you can have some aha moments. Yeah. Oh my God, I hadn't realized that. This just came to me. There's a connection here. It really is about just giving yourself that time because there can be some illumination, I guess, Mm -hmm. or you can have this awareness that you wouldn't have gotten just by talking to others. So I think that's um, a really good, simple technique. Mm -hmm. Talking with others, I think, does help. It Talking have, to your girlfriend. To your girlfriend. You know, that's a good way to take care of yourself, yeah. not to hold these things inside. So that's mental, emotional, physical, we've talked about. Uh-huh. Spiritual. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that's I the hard up, one for me. Yeah. So spiritual, I was brought up Catholic. I, I consider myself a very devout Catholic um, individual. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of it is cultural for me. I'm a cultural Catholic, too. I mean, I believe that a lot of this is just about tradition. Um, That's where I feel that I really learned to just have faith and accept without questioning. And that's what you're talking about with the superstitions and the rituals. A lot of times that's coming from a place of not being able to put one foot in front of the other because we want an explanation. Um, I think there was a Gallup poll that said more than half of Americans, not even talking Latin Americans, believe in some sort of superstition. Mm-hmm. They believe it could be horoscopes. It can be 
anything. Like they can't start their day without having to read that horoscope. And I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with horoscopes. I think there is some truth to, you know, our environment, our mother, you know, earth. I mean, that's, it's not a putting it down, but when your life, when you cannot trust who you are and trust that there are going to be bad things happening to good people, you and I are going to suffer. That's a given. It's not because you're bad. It's not because you didn't do the right ritual this morning. Bad things happen to good people. Life is about good and evil. That's our reality. And we think that we can control that by doing certain things. And that's very irrational thinking. But also knowing that, you know what? Yeah, life is going to suck sometimes. But guess what? I can do it. I can do it. It's going to suck really, really bad. But I can do this. And I'll come out. Okay. Mm-hmm. It won't kill me. Okay. No, I love it. I mean, just this uh, last explanation of connecting the physical with the emotional and the mental and tying it back to how you address all these um, aspects that are part of your life and how they build you up as a person to make you a better, you know, better individual. And then you're strengthen your confidence and your self-esteem and you can go out and feel good about the stuff that you do. In this case, you know, the dating and and uh, being being able to bounce back from bad dating experiences because right. I see that a lot. I hear that a lot from my girlfriends. It's like, oh, man, I'm not getting back on that app. I'm not doing that again. It was right. so awful, right. you know. And they probably have forgotten the good dating experiences too. You know, they're not well, that horrible. It's, it's, it's uh, easier to remember those. And, you know, and I think when it comes to negative experiences in relationships, um, I think one thing to really remember is that that comes with a message. I mean, there is a reason for that negative outcome. There is a reason for whatever it was that happened. It comes with a message. It comes with a learning opportunity. And so that's what we take from it. And we say, okay, you know, next time I know that maybe doing it this way wasn't such a good idea after all. Inviting him back to my house the first time, you know, maybe perhaps based on how he was raised, you know, he interpreted something different yeah. than I did. I was very comfortable. I thought we were just going to play Monopoly and watch a movie or whatever, you know, and then all of a sudden he's thinking something more. And then, you know, then perhaps we're saying about ourselves, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Men are jerks. Men just want one thing. Well, maybe his perception was completely different, but that's not nothing having to do with you and I. That just means that we can just sort of check it off as, okay, now I know. Yeah. And I think a lot of things that we don't do during the dating life is that we don't communicate. Yeah. I mean, why not say to that person, yeah, we can go watch a movie, but just I just want you to know that this is who I am as an individual and this is what I'm comfortable with. So yeah. why not just putting it out there? Yeah. I think a lot of times alcohol and drugs gets in the way, mm-hmm. you know, and we do give mixed messages just because, not because we are bad or because we're sluts or whatever you want to call it. No, it's just, you know, we relax and we want to be able to relax, you know, in a way to where we can enjoy ourselves a little bit more. And I'm not against alcohol or even drugs. But unfortunately, when I talk to clients, 99% of the time, if something went wrong, a lot of times alcohol Mm -hmm. is involved, Mm -hmm. you know, just because we are our senses are not just on point in that moment. You know, we do relax and so we're not picking up on certain things mm-hmm. that maybe we would have picked up on if we wouldn't have been as relaxed. Yeah. So yeah. we have to be careful of that. Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing for me is that I don't believe that there's anything wrong with it. I think for most of us, it gives us a sense of 
security. Sometimes it gives us that push that we need to just kind of take it to the neck. I mean, I do all kinds of things, you know, we just sold our house. And so, yes, we buried the St. Joseph, you know, in the front yard. I mean, you go into the Catholic store and you can buy the whole kit. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the, oh, really? Carry the same. You want to sell fast. I mean, uh-huh. yes. And we sell. So it little, worked. Oh, well, I don't know if it worked, but it was part of it. You know, what also yeah. helped is that I painted the inside of my house, and we priced it at a good price, and we took care of it, yeah, and we did yeah. a lot of, I mean. So you know, don't rely on just the burning. No, you know, no, you no, did no. everything else. You but the burying the St. Joseph really helped you. Kind of gave me that push yeah. and gave me a sense of, okay, I've done everything that I can, yeah. and this is just one little piece of just sort of, for me, honestly, it's also just trusting and just yeah. saying, you know what? And I, I love this. When people meditate or pray, I'm a big believer in not saying this is what I want, but instead, if this is what is the right thing for me, help me to accept whatever it is this outcome is going to be versus this is what I want. Yeah. You know, just help me accept whatever is best for me, you mm-hmm. know, in this situation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't know best. Yeah. No, I think you have answered it. I think it's it's great. Um, thank you very much. I'm going to turn off this. Wow, what a what a really interesting interview, huh? Yeah, I really liked her. I thought she made some really cogent points, really heartfelt points, and really practical points. Mm-hmm. I think the top takeaway for me was when she said about it, you know, intuition and how to cultivate your intuition. I like the way she described it as being so comfortable and accepting of yourself that mm-hmm. you just trust yourself implicitly that this is just who you came in the world to be. Um, I really like that. Yeah. And of course, uh, we have to work on it, right? Uh, I like that she also gave those tips on how to build up your intuition, working on our self-esteem, learning to love and accept who we are. Yeah. What I thought, uh, what I really liked about it too, was um, one, we're not alone in believing um, these kind of superstitions. I think she said more than half of Americans believe in some superstitions. So we're not crazy. Yeah. And I like how she said, it's okay to believe in stuff and it's not pathological (laughs) as long as it's not like creating great anxiety or drastically altering your life but that's the same and, and with, getting in the way of your yeah, daily life that's the same sure. with anything else though so and, that's what i thought was really cool yeah about it. yeah and uh, uh very important you know with your grandma rubbing your her egg on you and mine too and all this that it brings families together yeah, it true. creates communities it's just a part of us being shared human. experiences exactly yeah. hey you know what let's take a break so we can think about this stuff We'll be right back. I thought it was good. I mean, I don't think she necessarily validated or changed my opinion about that brujo and the signs that I was getting. But uh, from the the lip and the bruises, but I'm going to put it in context Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. kind of more like weigh it out that uh, sure, it might be a sign according to my interpretation, but I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to let that get in the the way of my daily functioning. I'm going to just use my intuition in the next time. uh, Learn from my bad experiences. And hey, yeah, maybe if... um, 
a guy, uh, you know, picks up calls from his ex-girlfriend <laughs> while you're on a date. Like, duh, you know? Well, I, I, I think I like that part as well. I'm thinking now maybe I will go to another curandero or curandera <laughs> again. But I should have not gone back the first time. Trust your yeah, intuition. Yeah, I should have trusted my intuition more. Yeah, so, especially yeah. if they're telling you you're hot and sexy, which you are. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> you should see this woman. But, yeah, I should have probably not let it get to that point. Either, yeah, so. yeah. So um, let's just find out what some of our friends and family, some of our listeners said yeah. when we asked them if they had ever dated a brujo or a bruja and what kind of experiences they have had with limpia, spells, hechizas, rituals, whatever. Mm-hmm. So what did you find? Somebody in Austin uh, here locally with us said they had never done any uh, limpias or hechizas or anything like that for love, but they do it in general to cleanse out negative energy and replace it with positive energy. Okay, yeah. Ditto, that was not me. I did not write that. <laughs> but I definitely do that. Uh huh. Someone from Round Rock said, curo de ojo, curo de susto. I'm not really sure what that means to you. My experience with that means curo de ojo is when someone puts mal ojo on you or somebody has kind of put a hex on you because they're envious. So that's when you're going to like rub the egg or do stuff like uh-huh. that. And susto is when you're like literally like paralyzed by fear or scared or have anxiety. And so you do these kind of similar rituals with the egg and with sage and things like that, and, you know, with prayer so that you can kind of take away that fear and get back to your normal functioning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I just didn't realize it was called that. Uh, someone from New York said that there had participated. Oh, that their mom, Chinese matchmaking. They were all trolls. Thanks, mom. <laughs> okay, so it's not just Mexicanos, Latinos that have weird traditions. Um, yeah. But they're not weird, right? We said when they're not weird. Well, the community. It's, a, it's your point of view. And yeah. we had a couple of folks say that uh, somebody in Texas said that their family does stuff behind their back for the, that is in this vein. And another lady said that her mom lights a candle, I'm assuming it's a veladora, to pray that she finds love. And then there's this other woman in Chicago that had something really interesting to say. Uh, I'm a bruja. Dating for me is hard because guys are intimidated once they see I'm real and have real intuition and it's not pretend. Yeah, girlfriend, I can see how that would be a little intimidating for guys, but... Yeah, I can see how that would be intimidating. Yeah, sending you lots of luck, yeah. my Chicago lady. So we're getting near to our, uh, near the end. Um, what, uh, let's just kind of some final thoughts yeah, on brujería, romance, and dating superstitions. So, so what are your takeaways, Yvonne, now that we've gone through your story, mm-hmm. we've heard some of the great things uh, Tina has to say, and some of uh, our friends and family, our mm-hmm. listeners have had to say, what are your thoughts now about so um, I um, I guess I am uh, superstitious, and I do believe in signs from the universe, and I do practice certain rituals, like this other person from uh, Austin on cleansing. But in addition to all these rituals that I engage in to help me feel better, um, and if you do that too, I'm going to also work on all the areas of my life that comprise my self-esteem. Here I am referencing Tina so that I can better develop my intuition and really radiate 
the you know my full beauty and attract other like-minded people so that's awesome i love that what about you i still have my san antonio statue Okay. I and you still get you still go a lot a lots of dates, so I think yeah. uh, I need to get myself a San Antonio <laughs> statue too. Okay. I still have my San Antonio statue. I still sage my house. I still have a bunch of veladoras. I don't have anywhere to light them, so they just kind of hang out in my bookshelf. But I like having. It's kind of like what Tina said. Is I like the cultural aspect of some of these rituals or superstitions. But what I think I've really come to with this is that trusting your intuition kind of feeds into what you were saying is I want to be and walk into my full self and my full capacity so that I can be my best self with other people. And so I think it's really important for me, especially especially because I've had at least two guys I've dated this year where I should have listened to my intuition. Um, I should have been I should have walked away. I was I was trying to give them a chance and that didn't end up working out for me. So I want to continue to practice how to have better intuition and trust myself and really walk into myself so that if something doesn't feel good, if you have that feeling in your chest or in your stomach, it's probably because there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two. So yeah. that's really what I'm taking away from okay. all of this. And next time you want to and, and let's not forget, she said, call a friend and, uh, you know, talk it out yeah. when you need to. So feel free to call me All right, girl. when you have a, one of these weird dates where your intuition is just like gnawing at you and you don't want to <laughs> listen to it. All right. I guess that's about all we have on the subject. It was fun talking was to so you about fun. it. Good luck. We'll hear from you on the other side of the Internet. Okay. Cuídense. Thank you for listening to Amor in the Digital Age. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. Send us your thoughts and comments via social media or by Gmail, Amor in the Digital Age. This show is a passion project brought to you by Vani, Sara, and our audio engineer, Izzy. Don't forget to tell your friends, tías, comadres, y hasta tu ex about this podcast. And finally, many thanks to Jimmy Fontanes, Media Red Productions, for writing our title song, Baila Mi Cumbia.